Okay, we're re-recording this. This is a story called The Big One. It's taken from It's Room Life, Book 4, Volume 1, uh, Northcote Heavy Horse Centre, 1984-1998. to It's also a small part of Goliath's own storybook, which is available from Cracker Books as well. It was now after 1993. The lottery had happened, and we were very short of money. You can read all about this in another story. We had no paid helpers at all, volunteers were very thin on the ground, and Ruth helped me to muck out 14 horses before she went to work each morning. This particular morning, Golly had fallen over again. He told me he could help us get him up, and as Ruth bent down to slip the head collar over his head, he lurched upwards and smacked Ruth across the nose with his not unsubstantial head. Golly was Wandle Goliath and at this time the Guinness world's tallest horse. If I might just explain here about telling a horse about what we want and vice versa, you see we developed an unusual system here at Northcote, a sort of sanctuary where big animals with health problems came to live. We talked to them all the time. The horses lived in communities, not individual stables. They would inhabit a large covered area at night with bed area and all the normal horse facilities, except they were not constrained as such. We'd no need to lead them about around from place to place. They waited for their instructions and just did what we asked. There were rules, of course, that they had to follow, but they were largely accepted and obeyed. These were basically big horses that I'm talking about, heavy horses of various breeds. Not hot-headed, hot-blooded light breeds, but ultra-intelligent, majestic working animals, which had the ability to read your very mind. Back now to Ruth, who had disappeared into the house with blood pouring forth copiously, just at the very moment that a young school leaver arrived for work experience. She was a girl of about 15 with her mother and they were both quite shocked to see the horse writhing about on the floor and Ruth departing quickly with blood pouring all over. They did not even stay to hear my explanation. Obviously it was a madhouse, or worse. I did get him up though, with the help of a long rope and a building roof support close by. Not long afterwards he did something similar late at night. Neighbours were getting used to my request for help at odd hours and no one was about. Eventually all I could do this time was telephone the fire brigade. The result of my explaining the problem was three fire engines and 18 firemen including their officer. One fire engine stayed to assist. Uh, we, all, we tried all sorts, airbags, ropes on his head collar, but nothing would get him up. His legs had become so stiff they would not bend at all to help get himself up. I remembered a farmer who knew we knew about five miles away who had a teleporter, a fork truck with an extendable nose that could get at the horse who was just inside a building. By now it was about 4.30am and we'd all been trying to help the old horse for several hours. I telephoned the farmer, Mr Bannum who, despite the unearthly hour, agreed to come and see if he could help. In the meantime, the fire officer was now concerned about the horse having been down on the ground for such a considerable time. 
he asked me to telephone our vet and inquire if raising the horse after such a long time would involve complications. When I finally got Julian, Goliath's personal vet, out of his bed and explained what was going on, he virtually exploded with, Just get the horse up by whatever way you um, XXX can. The fork truck arrived in good time and the firemen had some slings they used on cows from time to time that became stuck in something or other. It only took about five minutes then and Goliath was on his feet. Slings around the horse in two places, the fork lift with its extending nose pushed its way under the roof where Golly lay and just lifted him onto his feet. He wobbled a little but seemed none the worse except for grazes and the large scar on his flank had reopened due to him scuffing around on the uneven earth for such a long time. We could see now just how he had got into the state he was in when we first saw him. The fireman was staggered with his incredible height. Laying flat, they'd no idea just how big he really was. We all had further hot drinks. The farmer returned to his bed with due thanks and Golly was enjoying some tasty food to take his mind off his experiences. Bonnie was soon there to watch over him. Talking to the fire officer, I explained that this was Goliath's first serious fall where we could not cope. The experience had given me serious food for thought, especially as we could not continue to call on the fire service every time we got this problem. We were sincerely thankful for their attendance over several hours and the moral support they gave us all was just as important as the actual lifting. Now, If you want to learn more then have a look at Goliath's book. It's available on um, Richard Keith Sanders dot cells selz dot com. Um, it's downloadable on the internet. It's not expensive, and it tells you all about his life and, of course, what happens after this. Thank you for listening.